the only way these issues can stop is for us to come together as anglers, as a giant community. Because you can go to a meeting, you can go to a, a, a local government meeting and speak up. One voice only does so much. Built by the Coast, Along the Keel is your source for the stories behind coastal brands, organizations, and people. We dive into their backstories, how they came to be, where they're going, and the positive impacts they're having on our coastlines. Born from the need, built by the water, this is Along the Keel. I'm Captain Zach, and on the show today, we turn a few pages of the Captain's Log, learning the backstory of Captain Jonathan Moss. There are some people put on the planet to guide others, and Jonathan Moss is one of those people. Starting his career as a teacher, it was no surprise that Jonathan was a naturally born guide. However, it's the story in between that might surprise you. From gym teacher to full-time fishing guide, and eventually TV show host, along the way we discuss the importance of community, faith, family, and grabbing an opportunity when it's presented. That and more in today's episode of Along the Keel. But before I go, make sure to check out alongthekeel.com, like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Leave a five-star review. Go on over and subscribe to the newsletter and all of our social media as well as our YouTube channel. And if you're interested in any of these products that we talk about here on this podcast or you're someone who just loves the ocean as much as I do, head on over to our website and you can check out all the cool companies that we have available to not only tell their story, but also help you stock up for your next coastal or waterway, waterborne adventure. Anyways, hope you guys enjoy this episode of the podcast, and we will talk to you soon. How, how are things with you, John? Everything is good. Are we rolling? Maybe. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> things are good, man. My life, yeah. is, my life is crazy right now. We are yeah. out of Christmas. We're into the new year, and... Yep. It's, you, I, I'm sure there was snow the last couple of days in the Carolinas, which means it's cold everywhere. It is and when it, Yeah. When it's cold up north, people, mm-hmm. they think, you know what? Let's go to Disney. Let's go to Florida. Let's go to Disney <laughs> World. Let's, let's get out of cold. Mm-hmm. And that makes me very busy. That makes you very busy. Yeah. Okay. So there's so many people here that want to go on fishing charters. Uh, and then you add in the captain's log and the TV show there. And then you add mm-hmm. in the family. My life is, is crazy right now. Uh, but I love it. I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah. How many charters a day do you think you're doing right now? Are you doing like three days? How many days of the week I'm on the water? No. Well, yeah, well that, but how many charters a day are you doing? So three days back to back? No. So I, I I'm on the water six days a week. Okay. I only do one trip a day. Oh, um, wow. Okay. So someday I, Pre-kids, I would do two, sometimes three trips in a day. Mm-hmm. But now with family, family is more important. So yeah, totally. I say one trip. Um, and then if they – so if they book a four-hour and they want to stay longer, there's mm-hmm. that opportunity because I don't have a second trip. I don't have to say, hey, I got to get. Um, right. But if, if they just book one trip, then that's great. If they do a four-hour, you know, I'm home by lunchtime. So yeah, that's, well, that's, that's kind of really nice good. too. Because you're not you're not rushing the client, you know, you're not you don't feel like you're always having to like, you know, bomb back home in order to get to another trip and, and so on and so forth. So yeah, uh, and you kind of set that up. It goes two ways. If you're having a stellar day and the fish are biting, yeah, you know, you can stay. You know, if you had a second trip, you're like, sorry guys, I know the fish is great, but I gotta go because I have another charter. Um right. if you have a uh, a really bad day, mm-hmm. You don't have that extra, hey, guys, it's been really slow. Let's stay longer. You know, I don't have that opportunity if I have a second trip back to back. So it's been a, I started doing that a year ago and it's made a, hmm. it's made a big difference. You know, it's better for me. It's better for the clients. Um, and like I said, if it's really good, then man, we stay. We don't, I don't come in early if the fishing's really good. And if it's really slow, I don't come in early either. So <laughs> it's, it benefits everybody. So it's, it's yeah. a good thing. Totally, totally. So where did this whole love for fishing even come from? Oh, man. Uh, I have been hooked, pun intended, since I was three years old. Mm-hmm. My dad loves to fish, and uh, he started taking me fishing. In fact, my parents had uh, aluminum John boat, a V-bottom John boat. Mm-hmm. And my dad 
would, my parents would go fishing. They'd take me to my grandparents' house and drop me off, and they'd sneak out the door, and uh, they'd go fishing. And then I would be, like, heartbroken because I wasn't on the boat. Right. And uh, so my parents, knowing that I loved the boat and wanted to spend more time on the water, they invested into a bigger boat. Okay. Uh, one that was not an aluminum little 13 foot aluminum John boat, but it got a, mm-hmm. they bought a bass boat, something that could accompany uh, or accommodate all three of us. And uh, something that was just a little bit bigger. Yeah. That was a great, sure. Yeah. That was great for me. I was able to go instead of just fishing from the shoreline or going fishing with my dad on the dock. Um, I was able to start fishing on the water on a boat with them. Mm. And uh, you know, like, like any great parent, when they take their kids fishing, it was about me. Yeah. You know, when I was over it, we'd go in. If I was hungry, they had snacks. Uh, <laughs> so I was, I, it was always a great time. And it still is yeah. it's always a great time being on the water. Right. And this was all down growing up in, you know, central Florida, right? Like Here Orlando in Orlando. Area, where you yep. are now? Here in Orlando. In fact, okay. uh, when I moved out of my parents' house, I moved into a house in the same neighborhood, half a mile away. They're right down the street. Oh, uh, when sure. I was seven years old, they bought a condo in Cocoa Beach, which is an hour away. Yep. So every other weekend, we were either bass fishing here in Orlando or we were in Cocoa Beach saltwater fishing. So I'm really fortunate that I got to do both. I got to grow up. Yeah, best both. of both worlds. Best yeah. of both what, worlds. Absolutely. What do you prefer now that you've, you know, after doing so many charters, it doesn't matter to you? The tug is the drug. Okay. You, know, you invited me up and said, let's go do some striper fishing. I'm all for it. You want to go do some yeah. brook trout fishing? I've caught brook trout the size of my hand, and I was just screaming giddy because it was so much fun. And I've caught big tarpon. I've caught – I don't care. I just like the experience. I like catching fish. You know, I like It's that. more than catching the fish. And when you're out on the water, it's it's just the day. It's the experience. It's the whole thing. Um, and I, I can't get enough of it. You say that the tug is the drug. Yeah. When you say that, what it, what exactly does that come to mind? Because I think a lot of what you you live every day, right, is taking people fishing, right? And not a lot of people have that experience over and over and over and over again. But for you to keep coming back, there has to be something underneath all those tugs that keep you coming back every day. Well, think about well, I take people fishing every day. Mm-hmm. I don't go fishing every day. In mm. fact, um, I'm on the water six days a week, and I still long to go and be on the water. Mm-hmm. So I hear it all the time, like, man, you have the best job in the world. You're going fishing every day. I said, man, I have the best job in the world. I'm pushing this boat every day. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know. Yep. Sometimes I fish. I have a couple clients that are – I have one tent. Uh, he, he fishes me four times a year, and mm-hmm. he is adamant about me fishing. And I get on the pulling platform, he'll hand me a rod and say, you're fishing today. That's um, awesome. But most of the time, I don't fish. If I have a little kid or multiple kids, um, then I'll, I'll pick up a rod, and especially if we're bass fishing, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I won't be pulling. And then I can, I'll hook a fish. But again, it's, there's, there's uh, I'd say there's three jobs that have to happen. Mm-hmm. I have to put you on fish, you have to cast the fish, and the fish have to eat it. And if anyone mm-hmm. doesn't do their job, we're not going to have a, a successful day. So that's always in my brain. So yes, I'm on the water. I'm fishing every day, but I'm not fishing every day. I'm mm-hmm. working to get you on fish. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, when I when that's that's there, I love seeing people catch fish. That's why I just I love this this job that I have of being a fishing guide. But because I'm not the one fishing every day, and, and there is some teamwork there, especially like when we're sight fishing or if I have a sure. fly angler. Um, you know, I have someone who wants to hunt stock these fish, then mm-hmm. they're for sure we tag teamed on that. But for me, I'm I'm not fishing every day, so the tug is a drug and any opportunity I have to just decompress and unwind and be on the water and I catch a fish, cool man. That's awesome. Right. The other, last weekend, um the wife looked at me and she goes, The weather's beautiful. Your mom's watching our oldest son. We have just the baby. What do you think? You wanna go to the water? And I'm like, Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And, and this is being, you know, this is coming off of a 14 days on the water every single day, um, except for one day I take Sundays off. Um, this was last Sunday Mm -hmm. and, uh, she said, uh, you know, is this work for you? Is this going to feel like going to work? I'm like, no, because I'm with 
you. You're my beautiful wife. I'm not with Joe Schmo from Indiana who I, mm-hmm. doesn't care about me. I'm with you who I want to spend mm-hmm. time with. And that's the other flip side of this uh, profession. Uh, you know, people say all the time, oh, you know, in fact, we were at an event yesterday and uh, one of our friends says, man, you guys must get to go fishing all, all the time because, you know, Jonathan's a full-time fishing guide. And, and I was like, no, we went fishing last week. It was first time in six months, you know. So yeah. those days that I I long for those days where I'm mm-hmm. on the water with uh, my family, my best friend, my wife, my, my mm-hmm. parents, my kids, uh, my bros. I don't get to do that very often. Yeah. Um, so, yes, the tug is the drug. To answer that whole, bring it all full circle, when I get out there and I get to do it, I don't care what it is. Yeah, I just, I just love going fishing. Well, it's interesting. Like the water, for some reason, I think does that because there's not a lot of jobs that you can go out on the water and then you know work a full day. But then most of the guys that are captains or, or work on the water in some capacity on the weekends are going right back out on the water, you know, yeah. or on your days off. Like for me, being a when I you know having been a full time captain, you know, you you get out on the water and you spend eight, 10, 12 hours a day for seven days a week for an entire summer. And the one day that you get off, you're like, let's go out on the boat, you know? So it's like this weird draw, you know, and I do a a fair amount of fishing. Didn't get to do a whole bunch this summer, but you know, it was just being able to take people out. And for me, it's taking other people out similar to you. That's way more fun than just going out by myself. But, you know, I think it brings up a good point of you being this guide. And in one circumstance, you're guiding people to catch their first fish or keep enjoying fishing. And in this other circumstance, you know, your previous life of being a PE teacher and working in the schools, you're you're guiding kids into a healthier life. Right. So it's interesting because I think you have this really cool dichotomy, Jonathan, like when I when we first met at ICAST, it's like, you know, you truly are a guide in so many different ways. So I think we kind of got to take a few steps back here and and really kind of dive into who Jonathan Moss is until we go any further, because we know you love fishing. Right. (laughs) Where did Jonathan Moss grow up? You grew up in Florida in Orlando. Love fishing with your grandfather and dad, but from there, where where did everything fall into place? Well, I, I didn't go far. I went uh, I went to school at UCF, University of Central Florida, here in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally was trying to get or looking going down the path of hospitality management. I love events. I love planning. I love hmm. putting an idea on paper and then boom, making it happen. I love that, uh, which is a lot to do with what we do with the TV show. Right. Um, being in Orlando, you think, man, hospitality, that's everywhere. Hotels are everywhere. The convention center, man, I couldn't get a job. I struggled to get a job in, hmm. uh, in, in the industry. And I was young. I was 19. I was in college. I was just trying to get my foot in the door as I was pursuing this degree. And uh, I was like, well, summer's coming. I got to make some money. I got to pay for the next fall. Sure. And I got an opportunity to work with some kids in uh, at a summer camp, and I was I fell in love with it. I said, "Man, this is fun." I had a great time. Yeah, it was just a local summer camp, uh, very similar to Parks and Rec on TV shows. That was oh, okay. City of Orlando Parks and Rec summer camp, yeah. and uh, I just fell in love with teaching the kids and and playing ball with the kids and seeing light bulb moments. You know, you mm-hmm. teach them a skill and they get it. Ah, oh, love that. Mm-hmm. So I, I immediately switched. My, uh, my mom was in education. Um, she was a principal at an elementary school at the time. And uh, I joke and I say, oh, I went to education for three reasons, uh, June, July, and August. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. really, it's, it was the opportunity to invest in someone, invest in kids, um, and then teach them. PE is fun. We always have fun. And I always try to teach sports and have fun with it and put in, in, in incorporate games in it. And dude, we had a good time. We always had a good time. Now, did I care if you were good at the sport or not? No, I didn't care. All I cared about was you were trying. Mm-hmm. You can learn these skills and you can, you can hear it and see it and I can demonstrate it. And you can try and try and try, but 
if you give up, man, you're setting you're setting the bar very at a young age. Mm. And I, I didn't want any of my kids to give up. I didn't care if they were good at it or not, but I wanted them to try because trying is what's going to propel you to the next steps. Everything you do in life, it's all about taking those next steps and trying mm-hmm. and going after something. And then, like I said, the light bulb moments, the kids would get it. And they'd be like, coach, coach, come here, come here. And they'd show yeah, me how yeah. good they were at dribbling a basketball. Uh, it was awesome. And then and then we had six-foot rims. So, you know, if the kids were having a bad day, I'd, I'd put on a dunking contest. I'd show them yeah, how to yeah, dunk. Yeah. And it was awesome. The kids loved it. I was the rock star on campus. Yeah, of course. I absolutely, absolutely loved it. Um, but there was still that that passion to be on the water. And I mm-hmm. found myself often driving to work and driving past a body of water and seeing it slicked out and going, man. I should, Wish I, could be I should there. be on the water right now. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yep. And uh, so the, one of the best things was summer breaks and I worked at elementary school. I would take my skiff to school. Um, what do you mean that, by that? Like literally take your skiff to school? Yeah. Yeah. I'd had it hooked to the truck and I'd oh, be in okay, the parking okay. lot. I'm thinking by water for some reason. You'd no, I, it truck. would be in the parking okay. lot. As soon I mean, we got done with work at three o'clock, three 30, yeah. I was on the road, four 30. I was at the ramp pushing the boat in the water and yep. you know, what kind of skiff you running it? What, 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 what kind of skiff were you running? So it started with the Ginu and okay. love that thing, dude. I, I caught so many fish in that little bitty boat. Um, I didn't ever fall out of it. Almost did a couple times. <laughs> Um, but it was awesome. And it allowed me to just go where no one was, no one was at because it just floated yeah. in nothing. I could cut through the mangroves. I could find these little tunnels and find fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I, then I progressed to my, my fury, my East Cape fury and mm-hmm. same deal. Took it to school. As soon as school's up, I'd beeline it to the, to the coast, be on the water. So there was always that, that yearning to be on the water full time and, mm-hmm. and being a guide full time, I still get to be an educator. I still get light bulb moments. I take yeah. so many people fishing who have zero experience mm-hmm. fishing. I take a lot of kids fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hear it all the time. Oh, you're so patient. You're, this is this is crazy. I would have lost it by now. I was like, well, you're paying me good money, number one. Number two, <laughs> I want you to experience what I've experienced. Yeah. I want you to feel that that tug on, on the other end. 100%. Um, so yeah. it's it, – Every day, every day I get to teach somebody something new. Um, yeah, I, I can't agree. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, being able to teach someone about something that you're passionate about is always super, super fulfilling. You know, and I know that when I was living out in Hawaii working as a captain, you know, I truly didn't know much about Hawaii, right? But I knew a lot about the ocean or to my own extent, right? And when I was out there, it was always like, all right, I got this, I got this family group of kids. They're from Arkansas. One of them doesn't know how to swim. One of them never has put their face underwater. But meanwhile, we got this beautiful reef, probably one of the best reefs in the world, right, right here. And it was always like, it's, it's almost like a duty you feel like to provide these people with an experience that they're going to remember for the rest of their life. Right. And it's that, that those small teaching moments that you feel like, Hey, maybe that kid turns into the next Jacques Cousteau down the road and discovers some cancer, you know, fighting bacteria in the coral or, or whatever that is. Right. So when you guy, when you take these kids out, you know, is there ever a moment that throughout your teaching career that maybe stuck out to you? The, I was the first, my first week, our first week of teaching, brand new, like fresh out of school. And, uh, you know, I had, I had, uh, I had to prove that I, I was, wasn't just the new kid, that I knew mm-hmm. what I was doing when we were doing basketball. And it was just like the third day of school. And this little girl, her name was Perla. I'll never forget. She was, a, she was a twin. Perla, mm-hmm. um always wore pink and her sister, I don't remember her sister's name, but she always wore blue. Perla <laughs> dribbling the basketball and I was coaching her. She just beginning English and I speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I was giving her some advice and I'm like, you know, you're doing great. You're doing great. I walked away and I was going to help another kid. I heard just her thump. Like, what was that? 
I turned around and Perla literally flat on her face. Started oh, having a seizure. This is oh, the third day of school. Yeah. And um, brand new. Never experienced that. They don't have a class in college. How to help a kid who's having a seizure right. on the third day of school. Your first time <laughs> teaching, right? Yeah. That doesn't exist. Um, that set the precedent. That was like, mm. all right, if you can get through this, dude, you can get through anything. And uh, so that that's one day. I'll never forget. And mm-hmm. their code, if there was an emergency, was blue pencil. Say, I would, I need a blue pencil. Mm-hmm. So I got on the walkie, and I was like, man, <laughs> I need a freaking blue pencil right now. <laughs> I need a handful of blue pencils. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, man, I, you know, there's so many days when you're at school, they all start blurring together, especially, like, you know, when you're a kid, all the days blur together. But that sure. was one day I'll never forget. And, uh calling the parents and talking to them in Spanish and trying to explain mm-hmm. to them what happened and words. I don't ever know. I don't know how to say seizure in Spanish. I've never right. had to say a seizure except for this moment. So yeah, I remember that day, but it was a great start. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? That was crazy. But that's the, probably the craziest thing that's going to happen. Um, right. I, we had a bomb threat one time and oh, someone called at school. Someone called and said yeah. there's a bomb. And, uh, I found it. Did you I really? found it. Um, that was crazy. And I wanted to like, just pick it up and move it. And my boss was freaking out. And she, yeah. I was, the news showed up. We had to evacuate the whole school. That was a crazy Jesus. Day. It was, it was just some kids I'm being ass- stupid. And I'm assuming you know, it wasn't a bomb. No, I duct taped a bunch of, uh, PVC pipe together and pulled some wires out of it. And it looked yeah. really cool. <laughs> it was nothing. Well, hey. <laughs> so, right. so my, I guess the I guess this as the story goes, you know, you know, because I had listened to Tom's podcast too, you know, right from also part of Waypoint and whatnot, and Tom being a, a excellent fisherman and guide, um, and you know, your story kind of progresses in such an interesting way, right? So many twists and turns because you yeah. become a you go from school teacher to seeing the slick you know one morning driving by and being like man i should really be out there right yeah. so with your summers off you know my mom was a teacher so she always had summers off which was amazing um how did we get from school teacher to full-time guide because i'm pretty sure I, it had there was something with a guitar right yeah so man i truthfully bro i i just started praying i was like god what do i do I, mm-hmm. I love these kids. They become your own kids. Um, you spend, you spend more time with these children than they do with their own parents in all honesty. Um, so you really fall in love with them and you want mm-hmm. the best one. But I, like I said, I still was craving something different and, uh, just started praying, God, what do I do? What do I do? And he said, be a fishing guide. And I started laughing, you know, cause you don't expect God to say, be a fishing guide. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, you know, if you want me to, if you want me to do this, then I need, I need money because I need a skiff. Cause I told mm-hmm. you I was rocking the Guinea. And, uh, literally like a week later, um, I was talking to a buddy at church and I was like, bro, what do you think about us getting together, doing a little duo and playing music all over? We're in Orlando. Like mm-hmm. there's live music everywhere. Let's put some music together and let's just go rock out from, from town, rock, rock out around town. Mm-hmm. He told me I was crazy. He's like, you're crazy, man. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Literally a week later, this dude came up to us at church, um, one of the guys, and uh, he's like, hey, we got this big event. I need I need a duo playing some music. Are you interested? And I was like, <laughs> we're in. I, like, we didn't even practice. We didn't know a song. I was like, yeah, yeah, we yeah. have one week, dude. You learn a bunch of songs. I'll learn a bunch of songs. We're good enough where we can just kind of follow Match each other together sure yeah and we did and it was a hit we had so much fun and we ate good and they they paid us this is the best part they paid us it was a mexican restaurant chain mm-hmm. here in Orlando. they paid us in gift cards so i was like okay <laughs> so this is a start we can go and eat but we need money yeah. so we just started playing at every open mic night we could find in orlando mm-hmm. we were literally bar hopping to the different open mic nights and this is yeah. on weekends, like after school or... Yeah, this would be nights. at night. Okay. After, during the week, it'd be on the weekends. Yeah. And one thing, like I said, 
I said, God, if you want me to do this, I need money. One thing led the other, and we were playing, man, 12, 13, 14 times a month all over Orlando. That's quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we ended up getting a job at Tony Roma's. Uh, I don't even know if they're still around. Um, There's one on International Drive right down the street Mm -hmm. from where ICAST is held, and we play there every Friday and Saturday night. And then there was a taco joint, and I'd play there on Sunday afternoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a burger place down the street. I played there on either Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Tuesdays was the night because Tuesday mm-hmm. was like fifty percent off night, so it was packed. Was packed, yeah. So people were ready. They were they were ready to give you tips, and yeah. I got paid plus I got food plus I got tips. Damn, so, man, Take we would rock. We would rock you out. And so, you just had a little. You just had a little circuit you did yeah yeah and we were doing i was i was exhausted yeah like fridays i'd get home like at midnight but i wanted to go fishing mm-hmm. i'd unload all my fishing all my uh, music stuff and i'd load all my fishing stuff hook the boat up go to bed like 1 2 o'clock in the morning get up mm-hmm. at five six o'clock drive to the coast fish mm-hmm. all day get home take a shower unload everything put all the music stuff back <laughs> go and play saturday nights get home at midnight Get up, go to church, play at church, then play at the taco place. Get home and put on a football game and pass out. And I did it every weekend for like a year and a half. It's called and, a hustle. <laughs> yeah, dude, it just it didn't quit. It didn't quit. Yeah. But I had roommates who were paying my mortgage, paid the utilities, paid the internet. Yeah. I was getting fed at every one of these places. Um, well, my TV just went blue, and now I look You're good. <laughs> um, I was getting fed at all of these different places and like they would always give us a bar tab mm-hmm. and i like usually it's 50 bucks a person and the the girls would always laugh and say you're the only band that plays here that doesn't leave drunk and i was like really? i need the food yeah i don't care about yeah no kidding that. I, i'm I the like, same way bring me water because <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna do better with water right and then Pack all the food to go. So I had food for lunch and dinner every <laughs> night from all these different restaurants that we were playing at. So I was saving money. And a year and a half later, I got my my Fury, got my skiff. Yep. And as soon as I got my boat, just like that, all the music stopped. I didn't really? I didn't I didn't ask for it. I didn't try. It just the door just shut. And uh, like I was all like, the okay. restaurants were like, Yeah, we're not we're not doing live music or yeah, they just said, hey, we're going to take a break. Tony Romas, I think they realized how much money they spent in a year and a half on live music. <laughs> and food. And it was like, and the food. I got, <laughs> dude, I got a, uh, every night, every Friday and Saturday, I would get a um, steak, a 20-ounce, I don't know 20-ounce. Yeah, it might have been, it's a big, the biggest steak they had. I get yeah, the yeah, biggest yeah. steak they had um, with broccoli and, and corn, mm-hmm. and I would cut it in half, and that would be, four meals right there. damn <laughs> it was bad bro but i didn't care like it was no, a awesome. little sacrifice i'm a big yeah. fan of dave ramsey okay he's a yeah. financial guy he's on the radio uh-huh. and he says live like no one else so that you can live like no one else yep and uh that was my way of living like no one else man i was i was living as cheap as i could so yeah. anyways all that to say, I saved a bunch of money. I bought my boat. I paid cash for it. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was completely broke. So then I taught one more year. Um, I had to. I didn't want to start a business broke. Right. You know, uh, to me, that wasn't going to be a wise start. Yeah. Right. So I taught one more year and uh, that was great. I would, because um, I'd get fishing charters, I'd get a call and I would call in sick. <laughs> and, and I was the PE teacher, so right. I could be on the water all day, come back with the sunburn, yeah. and no one knew the difference. No one would know. Yeah. <laughs> and I was getting paid being sick time, and I was getting paid on the water. It was fantastic. Um, That's awesome. But that progressed to I was taking one day off a month, to yeah. two days off a month. To every week I was taking a day. To some weeks I was taking off every single day. Right. Then it was like, you know what, it's getting kind of – I had to I had to tone it back some because I didn't want to get fired. Like, right, you're taking so many days off. I told my boss I had anal glaucoma. I couldn't see my butt going to work. 
<laughs> she didn't like that too much. No. Nah, so, anyways, it is the school year, and uh, I turned in my two weeks, and you know, I quit, and I started. I started fishing full time, and it wasn't overnight. I get yeah. so many guys message me, or email me, hit me up on Instagram. Dude, how did you do it? Where do you? How did you get trips? And yeah. uh, I was like, bro, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes. Mm time and what was your first do you remember your first trip no um no no that's bad i probably should (laughs) and i don't say this boastfully i don't remember most of them because Mm -hmm. i do so many and i again i don't say that arrogantly i just i've been very blessed that yeah um but at the same time I've been blessed with so many incredible clients, mm-hmm. um, clients who like, I, there's one in, there's a couple in Texas. There's, I think a three are off the bat four mm-hmm. that we text each other all the time. Like we've become friends. Right. Um, I have friends all over the country that start as clients. And I'm very blessed that a, they picked me from the beginning. Cause there's so many great fishing guides here in central Florida. Mm-hmm. And then bless it, a, a, B, they continue to come here and want to fish with me. I'm very blessed and very thankful for that. Yeah. Um, so those are the days that I remember the most. Or if I get, I remember I took, I don't remember their names, but I took a father and son. And the dad was like in his 60s. The son was probably my age in his 30s. Mm-hmm. Never been fishing. Never caught a fish. Mm. And I was like, you know what? We're going to go wear out the trout. We're going to go catch a bunch on small 12, 15 inch trout, we're going to wear yeah. them out. And they had a blast. You know, I took my father in law uh, fishing, and my brother in law, all, all four of us went. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had never caught fish before. And so to be able to have those, it's the experience, man. I uh, That's my favorite part. I might not remember all of them, but I have so many experiences with so many different people from all over the world. I'm very thankful for that. Very blessed. For yeah. That. Yeah. Now, one thing that you're pretty known for in the industry, it seems, is your your advocacy for, you know, the ocean, clean water, you know, doing things like captains for clean water, um, getting involved. Right. You're you're also a pretty physically fit guy, like building that community as well. And, you know, just being someone that's active in the community, I think is super important that not everyone takes the time to do, right? And here you are who, you know, you you go to church every Sunday, you have communities everywhere, right? I know you used yeah. to do some CrossFit, you obviously just being a school teacher, that's a community, the fishing community. How important is community as, not only as Jonathan Moss, but also as a fishing guide? Community is huge. Community is huge. Um, one of my favorite verses in the Bible uh, is Acts 2.4.2. And it says, you know, they came together. They broke bread together. They had mm. community. And that's a huge part for me as a, as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus, like having community, people you can rely on. It's huge. I talked about with Tom when we at the gym. I have a community mm. of people, men and women, who we, we blood, sweat, and tears. We push each other in the gym. Fishing guides. The fishing guide community can be a little interesting, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of comp- competition, but in reality, I don't, yes, we are competitors. But I want to—I have so many good friends. I've built friendships with some of my competitors, and I mm-hmm. now I, not only do I send them trips, they send me trips. Hey, bro, I'm on these fish here. Oh man, where where are you at over here? Where you, I've been on the water. Right. So we have that community is huge. We have to be able to communicate with each other. Um, and we recently, we just are, well, in fact, the newest episode that's coming out for the Captain's Log, we were talking about uh, our conservation challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way these issues can stop is for us to come together as anglers, as a giant community. Mm-hmm. Because you can go to a meeting, you can go to a, a, a local government meeting and speak up. But one voice only does so much. Right. But if you have thousand people show up at one of these meetings and everyone is resounding the same thing hey we're here to fight for our waters we're mm-hmm. here because we're passionate because i want my kids to be out here and experience these waters and these estuaries 
if we can come together as a community like that, and it's hard to stop a thousand voices. Yeah. It's hard to stop a thousand voices. So community's huge. Community's huge. Regardless of what you do, even if you don't like to fish, even if you hate fishing, if you're listening to this podcast, that's obviously not you. But mm-hmm. having a group of people that you can rely on, that's your community. That's huge. That's huge in anything. You know, I see it. I'm, I'm not in, as involved as I would like to be, um, but I've done some work with uh, Project Healing Waters. Super cool organization. Hmm. Uh, they do incredible stuff for veterans. And one thing I hear okay. all the time from veterans is, we have this brotherhood. We have this community. We experience the same thing. And what Project Healing Waters does, and there's several organizations that do this, mm-hmm. uh, and they try to reconnect these guys and do so instead of with war and, and, and guns and fighting, it's fly fishing mm-hmm. or just fishing in general. Community is huge. That's your, the, whoever you surround yourself with, that's your, that becomes your family. Uh, yeah. And that's huge in anything that you do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you bring up the, um, the veteran community and you know, it's so true. Like I got involved with, um, a organization called operation real heroes up here in new England, uh, not new England in the Northeast. There's one in Cape Cod and then there's one on long Island. And I, I went to the one in long Island just cause I got friendly with Patrick and summer, the couple that runs it cool. and the amount of love that was there that day when we showed up at 5 a.m you know packing the boats getting them ready loading guys up guys that had never been fishing guys that had been fishing their entire life you know and it was just this opportunity that they were granted you know and it was it was interesting kind of just being a fly on the wall you know because i'm always the guy that's usually behind the wheel i'm always the guy that's kind of at the rod and this time i was just the guy with the camera you know just taking pictures listening and it was it was really it was really cool right and to see that community come together one that was so strong before now coming back together again and kind of helping each other out it was it was really neat so you know in a lot of ways not only are you building a community with the guides and you know everything else that you got going on but you've built this bigger community which has now become a brand which is also a tv show which is the captain's log. So how did you in your, in everything else that you're doing, family, faith, friends, community, fishing. I mean, you got a, you got a lot on your plate. So making a TV show, you're like, yeah, let's get after it. Well, it started, um, summer 2012. We were down in in Alamorada. It was the first night of the trip. I had just mm-hmm. gotten in town the night before for a guy's trip out to um, Colorado. We were whitewater kayaking through Colorado. Well, I didn't know you did that. I, I don't. Okay. <laughs> it was a uh, it was a one time trip. Okay. I had a blast. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Were so you in beautiful. a kayak or in like a raft? No, no, we were in whitewater kayaks. We were each had our own power. Craft. No shit. Really? Yeah, it was it was very cool. And, Did you um, have to learn how to roll and whatnot, or because I mean that's pretty. No, so no? Um, these were sit on tops, like a raft. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they weren't they weren't a sit in. Yeah. Um, and they were inflatables, like a raft. Oh, okay. Very very cool little boats. Um, and but we were most of the time we were in such shallow water that <laughs> if you try to roll over, you might knock yourself out. Um, yeah, but it yeah, wasn't yeah. too bad. It was it was a lot of fun. We went, got to go through some rapids and, and stuff like that. And we we were on the cool. water three or four days. Oh wow, um, that's a nice trip. Yeah, it was it was great. Middle of summer and it was freezing cold. I loved every second of it. And yeah. I got home like at midnight and I was all jet lagged and I wasn't too bad, but I, I had stuff to do. Sure. Did laundry, packed boat, packed fishing gear, just and then off the next morning to the Keys and. Uh, we were there that first night in Marathon, and uh, we were catching tarpon, hooking up the tarpon, and uh, my buddy Andrew was filming it, and my other buddy Josh had a GoPro, and I was like, this, this is what I want to do. Like, mm. let's, let's record fishing. Let's make a, a, a website where we, we talk about the outdoors, and we write stories, and uh, we, we write down our fishing trips, have a captain's mm-hmm. log 
uh, and talk about our hunting trips and our, and our, our backpacking trips and, and whatever, anything and everything outdoors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm like, we have, we, so we came up with the, with the idea, the name, uh, came up with go castaway being, go be a castaway, go explore, go, go on adventures. That was the whole idea with go castaway.com. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of where it started. And that's where I fell in love with content creation. Mm-hmm. Um, loved it. Absolutely loved it. And, but again, you know, finished school, started teaching, right. everything. It was still happening, but not, I wasn't giving it my all because mm-hmm. I had, I had other things going on. I had school. I had trying to be, you know, a teacher and have fun and have friends and have life and, Right. You no, know, I wasn't really thinking. I was thinking about it, but I wasn't doing anything. Mm. And uh, I was at ICAST, man, this is several years ago now. And, uh, and I just had this itch. I had this itch. I kept thinking about it. I was married at this point. I was talking to my mm-hmm. wife about it. And uh, she is my, my biggest supporter. And alongside my parents are huge supporters of me. And they're like, what do you got to lose? Go right. for it. Um, so again, started praying about it, and lots of things started falling into place. Uh, some doors opened, some doors shut, and that led me to finding um, Jack, who is the main editor and film um, mm-hmm. maker for the show. And I presented him the idea, and it was two years ago this month. Um, oh, wow. All right. We filmed our first promo. First time we ever, actually, first time we got to be on the boat filming together mm-hmm. and um my buddy nick was with us and and it was the two of us fishing i i was mainly but i don't think i caught any fish i was pulling the whole <laughs> time um just to kind of show the captain's lock and uh yeah. kind of creating this idea and putting this i can talk about earlier these ideas that i had in my head putting them on paper and then putting them to film right. um and yeah two years ago this month which is crazy and now we're we're not even we launched our first episode in may of 2019 mm-hmm. so we'll be two years old officially this coming may and um not two years yeah two years yeah so two it was, years. Uh, 2020 i'm sorry it was it was january 2020 okay when we filmed the first one we launched in may of 2020 and in may of this year 2022 we'll be two years old we'll have completed three full seasons Wow. Over 30 episodes, and I'm blown That's away. That's incredible. I'm blown. And it's nothing to do with me. It yeah. has nothing to do with me. It was, it was just having this idea, praying about it, seeing the door open, and then having the faith to walk through it. And God just continues to provide and bless. And it's, you know, so many things have to happen. You mm. have so many schedules. It's the hard, I joke and say it's the, it's the hardest game of Tetris I've ever played. Because I have to align my family schedule, my guiding mm-hmm. schedule, the guest schedule, the camera crew schedule. I've got to get all that to work. And then we got to get there and hope and pray the weather holds. Yeah. So there's so many variables. There's so many things that have to fall into place. But it's crazy. And yeah. it's exciting. And I love it. I, yeah. I love it. And, and yes, I am fishing. Yes, I get to fish, but I, I still have to think about so many things while I'm on the water. Um, mm-hmm. But I love it, man. I love Yeah, what's not to love? What's oh. not to love? Yeah. But you, you keep mentioning this, you know, God's kind of opening the doors up and you're and you're taking the, the step through, right? That that um, leap of faith, if you will, yeah. right? For so many people, that's always kind of the stop. That can be a stopping block, right? Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it it kind of, if you will, kind of cuts a lot of people off at the legs before they even got running, right? So what is it that you think pushes you through that door to just take the leap, take the chance? Because you've taken the chance and quitting your job as a teacher, taking your chances, quitting your job, you know, of, of you know, your little music gig right there and be like, all right, on to the next thing, you know? So it's this progression that you've had, right? Yeah. Went from fishing guy to TV show host, right? And someone that doesn't have any formal 
production, TV, schooling, if you will, right? You went and had created a TV show, and now it's on Waypoint, right? Yeah. So what is it that you think is kind of allowing you to take, all right, well, let's try and, and see what we find out. Like, it's, it's not easy. Hmm. It's, it's very scary. It's very tough. The, the first, when I first started guiding and I quit my job, the first month, my goal was eight charters a month. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's two a week, which I thought was reasonable for someone who's brand new. Mm -hmm. The first month I had 12. And I was like, holy cow, this is awesome. Yeah. The next six months combined, I had 12. Wow. So that's yeah. two a month. Right. So just because you're asked to just because you feel like God's telling you to do something or the door is open doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot. It's a huge head game. It's a huge head game all the time. Fitness is the same way. When you walk up to that bar and you got to pick up a lot of weight and you got to get that heavy weight moving, you're doing a clean and jerk. You got to pick it up and you got to drop underneath it really fast. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of this, okay, that you have to – You're so. You, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I'm not strong enough. Man, I'm not feeling today. Man, I, I didn't eat enough. There's all these battles in your head. No matter what you're doing, when the door is there, stepping through it is the hardest part. Yeah. But when God calls you to do something and you walk through it and you trust him, Again, it's not going to be easy, but you it just feels right. And mm. then when you see the big picture and you, you get through that good season, bad season, you're on the top of the mountain, you're in the valley, whatever. When you get through it and you can turn around and look and go, wow. And then you see God's faithfulness in this. You got to see God's faithfulness in that. And, and just like, okay. Then it makes those steps a little bit easier. Because mm. then you start going, okay, God, I'm going to trust for you to provide. I'm going to trust for you to do this. I, I, I have, my experience is, hey, I was here and I needed this and I trusted you to do this and here I am now and boom, 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 boom. And, and again, doesn't mean it's easy. Mm. Doesn't mean that it's always going to be roses. Right. It's not. It's not. You know, some of the, one of the hardest things, one of the hardest conversations I've had with my wife was March of 2020. So mm. I just came out of 2019. 2019 was a crazy good year for us. Uh, my wife was crushing it at work. I was working nonstop mm. knowing that she was pregnant at the end of the year, she was going to quit. I took every trip I possibly could. And so when I entered into 2020, my brain mm. was still go, 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 go. So not only was where we filmed the show, where we pushing for the show, I was, I was doing I think I did the most. I did 34 charters one month. Wow. Um, and that was still taking um, Sundays off and working six days a week. And so I had this mindset of just, just go, 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 go. Keep going, all, right. But then March 2020, I had a newborn at home. And my wife looked at me. This is the first week of March. And she looks at me and she goes, your kid doesn't know who you are. Mm. So that hurt. So I'm like, God, you're giving me all these doors. Running. These things are great. And I'm working a ton. And like, man, I'm putting money in the bank. And we got we got this extra money to put towards the show. So there always has to be time where you have to look and you have to think and you have to pay attention. Because you can grind and you can push and you can go through all these open doors and it can be great. But then you kind of are saying, oh, wait, wait. I'm saying yes, yes, yes to all these other things. I'm saying no to things that are most important to me and that's my family. Mm -hmm. So as I'm going through these doors and things are opening and, and God is providing I still have to be mindful of what am I saying yes to? What am I saying no to? Trying mm -hmm. to have balance. Um, but all of that, just trusting. And trusting that God is going to continue to provide. And mm. I, I learned a big lesson then. And uh, the trips, like that's, I think that's when I switched to doing um, one trip a day. Mm. God provided when it was going to be, when I was busy, busy, busy. And God's still going to provide when it's slow. Right. And uh, I've paid all my bills. Now that, 
do you think now that when you go ahead and you see an opportunity or you see something, do you look more towards at what is this taking away or what is this adding? I, um, I had a good conversation with, uh, Ryan from waypoint. He's, uh, does the social media stuff. I'm sorry. Hamilton. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ryan Hamilton. Man, the myth, the legend. (laughs) He is, uh, if he lived in Orlando, I think he and I would be really good buds. I think we'd mm-hmm. hang out a lot. Um, in fact, I, I, it's been a few, it's been some time. I need to give him a call. Um, but he, he said, Jonathan, as doors begin to open, you need to consider what is the, the point of view of, of you and your show? And do these other opportunities fit in mm. that point of view? And that got me thinking a lot. Um, I, I feel like that was a huge, huge piece of advice. Great mm-hmm. advice. So to answer your question, that's, that's what I, that's how I think about it. Um, you know, how does this fit in to the circle? How does this mm-hmm. fit into what we're doing with the family and with the show? And it might be a really great opportunity, but if it doesn't fit in, then maybe it's not for me, mm-hmm. but and what I'm is not going to, you. I'm sorry. And what is that? If you could, like, what, what what pillars do you think would fit into that, that make up the captain's log, that make up you? Well, oh, man, that's a tough one, bro. We're, <laughs> I'm we, deep cuts, man. <laughs> I, we're still, we're, to be honest, we're still figuring that out. We, yeah. obviously, as, as the show grows, there's opportunity. My goal for the show would be to take it and have it be my full-time job. That's mm-hmm. the ultimate goal. So as we grow and as the show grows, we're looking for partners. Uh, I don't like the word sponsor because um, mm. I, I don't want it to be a one-way street. I'm looking for right. companies who want to partner alongside us that can take us and that we can help take them to the next level. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's my ultimate goal. That's what we're doing. That's what it looks like. And so when I meet um, new people, when I meet um, – different companies and, and guys who are the guys and gals who are running it. It's what are you guys doing? What, what, what are your steps? What does your five-year goal look like? And how does that look with us? And what can I do to help you get there? Um, mm-hmm. And then what could you possibly do to help me get to mine? Um, Cause I want to be partners. Partners is, it goes back to the community. We're yeah. going to do better together than I'm going to do by myself. Um, so I'm not looking for selfish gain. I'm looking for how can we help each other to attain our goals. So yeah. that's that's kind of to answer your question. That's that's kind of what fits in the bubble. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. And and as the captain's log has kind of progressed into now going on to your third season, um, when you look back into your first season what do you think has really changed? Right. And and because I think a lot of times, even looking back on this podcast, right. And I can look back on and say, man, episode one, the quality wasn't right there. Right. But the messaging was right. And it's, it stayed consistent throughout there, which is teaching people how to love the ocean. Right. Um, So as you kind of look back to the captain's log and you see the improvements that you've made, what do you think is something that really sticks out to you or something that you've learned through the whole process? Yeah, we've, we've learned a lot. Uh, and you said it earlier, you know, we started this process without any television background. It was just out of a passion of creating content. And I, on purpose, my goal has always been for the show, for us to have you feel the audience feel like they're right there with us. I want you to experience what I'm experiencing. That's why I don't. We don't look at the camera. We don't talk to the camera. We don't address the camera. Um, we know it's there, but I, I'm not here to. I, I want you guys to feel like you're on that boat. I want to bring mm-hmm. you to the edge of your seat and go. Oh man, is he going to catch that fish? Oh, I see the tails. Oh, I see that rolling tarpon. Oh, what's going to happen next? That's mm-hmm. that's what we want. We want you to be in the story. That's that's our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how have we progressed? How have we gotten better? A lot of stuff has been uh, quality. Um, we've upgraded a ton of gear. That's always every season. 
Uh, like I said, we're, we're finishing up season three. We're going to start filming season four in the next couple of months. Okay. We're always trying to see what can we do better. And I'm, I'm obviously my biggest critic. I go through and I watch every episode half a dozen times. Jack and I go back and forth with the episodes and um, I'll send critiques. I'll send this. He'll do this. He'll, well, Jonathan, what do you think about this? I'll say, Jack, what do you think about that? And then we kind of, we figure it out from there. Um, but that's been our biggest thing is we're trying to improve every season. Going back to season one, episode one, it was okay. <laughs> you know, we learned a lot yeah. from it. And uh, for, I was really, I was stoked for it, for never having to do anything like that. Jack had never filmed a TV show before. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were both learning. And um, I think we were, I think by the third episode of season one, we we found our stride. We found mm-hmm. what we were looking for, but we weren't 100% yet. Um, and I've gotten a lot of, for this season, I've gotten a ton of, of calls and emails and messages on social. And Hey, keep it up. It's every season's better and getting better and getting better. And that, mm-hmm. dude, that encouragement's huge for me. That keeps us going. That keeps us pushing. Um, we have some stuff. We're going to do few changes in season four. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to get more into talking about the whole story. Sure. Leading up to the day on the water, you know, what are we doing after we get off the water? Um, not just meeting at the dock every time. Mm-hmm. Um, food is a big part of our lives. I love to eat, and um, the season three we incorporated some food in that. Um, going, it goes back to being in a community, and you don't you get to know people really well on the water, um, and you get to know people really well at the table you know Mm -hmm. so that's that's something else we want to incorporate just the whole whole process getting there yeah sitting down and game planning um getting on the water executing that game plan hey the game plan didn't work throw it out the window let's plan b plan c whatever we gotta do (laughs) seems pretty typical at a day of fishing because that's the story yeah that's the idea of the captain's log where you get back to the dock at the end of the day and you write in your captain's log, hey, these are the conditions. Here's where the times I fished. This was the tide. This is what I used. This is what worked. This is what didn't work. This is what mm-hmm. I don't want to do next time. Hey, this is the date and time, and this is the location. I wonder what's going to happen next year at that time. So as a guide, and, and so I know several guides who have a captain's log. A lot of us have it on, you know, electronically on our phone. So I'm, are still going old school and putting it on paper. Um, mm-hmm. What I did is I printed out, I made a form and I printed out 360 of them. I put them in a notebook. So when I get off the water, when it's fresh in my brain, I can write it all down. Yep. And then I can go back and reference that. Um, I do that a lot uh, with charters. Oh man, okay. A year ago, I was fishing here and I was using this and I haven't fished that spot yet. You know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go pre-fish. I'm going to go check this out. Or, or after my charter day, I'm going to run over there and just take a look so mm-hmm. I can get prepared. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring those pages of the captain's log to life. And we want, love it. we want everyone to be there with us. I, it's not just me catching that fish. I want us to catch mm. these fish. Um, and, I love that. That's, that's the whole mindset. That's the whole plan. And, and we're just trying to get, and as the, the host of the show, Thank you, the audience, for being through the okay episodes to the yeah. really, really good episodes to the eh, it's kind of sketchy episode, you know, whatever. Yeah. You've been along the whole, and it shows and it reflects on our social side. It reflects uh, on the viewership numbers that we get from Waypoint. Thank you, truly. I couldn't do any of this without y'all. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the, uh, the allurement, right. Is kind of, you know, you, you see this evolution go take place. Right. And that's kind of, it's almost as it's, it's its own show in and of a show, you know, um, it's kind of like watching, do you watch, you ever seen, you've seen the office, right? Yep. 
Yeah, so you watch season one, Michael Scott looks completely different, right? And then you go to season five, and Michael Scott, or whenever he leaves, season five or six, and it's a totally different show. Same Michael Scott, but something completely different. So I think that's a big portion of creating a show, podcast, any sort of any sort of content. But you know, you, you mentioned, and you obviously you just thanked your community that as a school teacher you were teaching a select group of kids as a guide. It's really one-on-one or one-on-two, however many people clients you have on the boat. So as your pool of people has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger of people that you're touching, right? What is it like now to be able to talk into a screen and be able to touch, you know, a million people or however many people you're touching in that given year. Right. So what's, what's that feeling like? Cause part of the part of the reason why I came and became a part of Waypoint as well is is the ability to touch more people right and, and tap into the audience and be like hey I can talk to more people right off the bat so what what was that feeling going from your community which is big and strong to man there's a whole other group of people I can touch over here it's it's humbling it's intimidating it's exciting um it's a huge opportunity. It's a blessing. And I'm, I love it. I'm so thankful for it. Um, you know, I, I got a message the other day from a guy in Brazil and really, like, dude, I love wow. the show. I'm like, that, that blows me away. That's, yeah. I'm honored that somebody, people all over the world are taking the time to watch this goofball go fishing. Right. <laughs> Yep. I love that. Um, so it's very humbling, um, but it's it's it also is encouraging. It also pushes me to want to get better. It pushes me to want to create the best content we possibly can. Because mm. if all these people want to watch, man, I want to give them the best 22 minutes, sit down. You're investing part of their life, their time, into yep. watching the show. So I want it to be the absolute best that it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so then what's, uh, what do we see for the future of, of Captain Jonathan Moss turning the pages of the captain's log? Man, we're, uh, we're one step at a time. We're yeah. this season four, we're, we're working on, we're planning on going out of the country for the first time. Wow. There you go. Uh, we're, we are trying to expand where we are filming. Um, maybe to the Northeast, New England, the Northeast. We were trying to do that season three um oh, okay we were supposed to be up jack i, I want to say he goes to cape cod yeah cape cod i don't know where um okay cape cod, but he was working there this past summer um lobstering and catching stripers and oh really doing some commercial side yeah. of that and uh so i was gonna go and visit him and we were gonna film an episode up there um and then just life happened covid happened yeah. things were just crazy and it was just like you know what this isn't gonna work mm-hmm. um but we are we're, we're trying to branch out further west to texas okay. and eventually to california i have some some connections in california do some fishing there i want to get up to the mountains and do a uh, a trout episode i think that'd be a lot that'd of fun wicked cool yeah um and then again just working our way up and out so there's a uh, there's a lot of steps to get there and a lot of pieces that have to kind of work out work itself mm-hmm. out. Um, but you know, I, I think about most ninety percent of what we're doing is in Florida, and mm-hmm. everywhere we're trying to go is very doable for the Florida angler. Mm. Okay? Um, it is nothing. It's nothing for for someone to get on a plane and fly up go fishing with you, you know, no, very yeah, doable, easy. very doable or to get mm-hmm. on a plane and fly to Texas or drive to Louisiana or drive. We just filmed in, um, a season in Charleston, the six hour oh, drive cool. from central Florida. Yeah. Loved it. Great fishery. Had a blast. We filmed with uh, captain Christian Cooley. We crushed it. Dude is on to fish. <laughs> we had a blast again, very doable, very capable uh, mm-hmm. I, not an ex- super expensive trip for people to just go. 
Um, mm-hmm. So part of that is we want to encourage people and say, hey, we can do this. We can get on a plane and go, or we can get in a car and drive somewhere and go experience a new estuary, a new fishery. But we are going to do still continue to do the bulk of our episodes here in Florida. There's so much here in Florida we haven't touched. Uh, we haven't done much in the Keys. We haven't done the Panhandle of Florida um, mm-hmm. at all. We've done the – this is Florida. We've done the Big Bend. We haven't done any of this over here. So we right. got to get over here gotta, in the front a little bit. to go. Sure. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of our goal. We just want to do more, uh, more places, more fish, more species, some new personalities, uh, getting on the episode with us, and more fun. More fun. If we're not yeah. having fun, we won't <laughs> do it. And so it's all about us having fun. And, uh, and again, making the audience feel like they're right there catching those fish with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you do a good job with Jonathan. And every time I'm, you know, clicking around a waypoint, I always try and catch an episode of the captain's log and turn a few pages. And it's, it's always a pleasure being able to chat with you and even more so get to, you know, get the Tom Roland beat down, down in Orlando at ICAST. Bro, I drive past that parking lot. (laughs) all the time yeah and every time i'm like ah good memories uh still kind of sucked ah, yeah, good yeah. memories <laughs> yeah at five o'clock in the morning and then having to go do the a best part was you <laughs> ran there i drove there but you had to yeah. run there with builder <laughs> not, not by choice <laughs> not by choice builder is a lot lighter than me and runs a lot more and here we are he's like i'm like dude i haven't ran in like six months you know like <laughs> But, listen, uh, but yeah. listen, this year, I'll pick, just tell me what hotel you're at. I'll just swing by and grab you. Yeah, could you, could you come pick me up? That'd be great. Yeah, bring a barbell <laughs> too if you would. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I tell you what though, uh, I'm going to have to, I'm going to keep pushing. I got to keep pushing. I, I got to catch up to Tom, you know. I know. I don't want him to make me look too bad. I he, know. he was running circles around me last time yeah he's he's a nut but but hey jonathan great talking man would love to hear more about the captain's log in the future as we keep going uh where could people learn more about you hey you can visit well first off go to waypointtv.com download the app you can watch the captain's log there you can go to the captain's log tv.com youtube.com slash the captain's log tv hit me up on instagram at the captain's log tv uh, there's a theme there, uh, so give me a call, hit me up on on social, watch the show. We're very approachable. Send me a message. Love to hear from you. Help answer any questions you might have regarding Central Florida fishing, inshore fishing, whatever you want to do. And if I can help, I connect people with guides all over. Give me a call if you want to go fishing somewhere. Let me know. I can point you in a direction. Love to talk to you. Love it. Love it. Well, thanks, Jonathan. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Along the Keel. It was a real pleasure having Jonathan on the show. It's been a long time coming. I think we've been talking about it for about maybe eight, six to eight months or so ever since we met at ICAST in the summer. And um, he is just a super genuine person. What you see on TV is exactly what you get in person and uh, even better, right? Um, so, Jonathan, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Really appreciate you and what you do for the fishing community and everything else. And if you want to learn more about Jonathan, you can head over to Go Castaway Charters or you can head over to thecaptainslog.com and learn all about the tv show you can also watch it on waypoint tv so there's a little fun fact for you and if you want to learn more about this podcast please head on over to the website along the sign up for our newsletter we're going to be coming out with a bunch of cool content come 2022 we just launched our new website so a lot of the products and people that we talk about are not only for sale on the site but you can also learn more about the people and that's something that we're putting a more emphasis on during 2022 so product stories, brand stories, organizations, and of course, people. So stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for tuning in this episode of the podcast. As always, work hard, do good, be incredible, and have an awesome day.